As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a way, I'm kind of glamorizing, really glamorizing hoarding. There's hoarding and then there's upscale hoarding. You know, and if you think about it, like the Lucite Love Nest is sort of an upscale hoarding because you've got all the money to do what you want and then you do it. That's where people have money to go and I'm going to open up this business. So I'm going to put money into this business and I'm going to buy again all this inventory. It's never fulfilled. Stranger Connections is the embodiment of Lisa David Olson's perspective of we're all just friends who just simply haven't met yet. It's an exploration of the weirdly wonderful side of life and a look at the single commonality we have with each other our differences. Slip off your shoes, pour a cup of your favorite, and let's meet this week's Barrel of Quirks. Welcome to Stranger Connections, where I celebrate wonderfully weird people and their quirky stories. I'm your curious beast and host, Lisa David Olson. Hey, remember, send me your weirdos. And also subscribe, leave a great review, do all the things I tell you to do. In this episode, I get to chat with Mr. Dwayne Cerny and Talk about a weirdo. I'm so excited. <laughs> he is, okay, take notes. He's an author, a storyteller, a recording artist, a former Second City performer, stand-up comic, and he now sells dead people's things. Welcome, Dwayne. You're Hi. weird. Hi, Lisa. I sound like somebody who can't keep a job. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's Okay, I gotta go. Yeah. Yes, really? The IRS is calling. That's right. <laughs> you are, um, is it, do you think mostly you're a writer? I, 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 you know, I can say that now. I can say that now. Um, I wanted to be certainly as a kid. I was writing as a kid. I think I wrote a novel when I was 16 just to drive my parents crazy, bang on a typewriter. Um, <laughs> so I always wanted to be a writer, but was, uh, uh, I did get, I did get something published when I was like 17 in the newspaper and it was and it, when, it, when it was printed uh, and it was like the Tribune, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times something. And it was, it was under uh, a woman's view. <laughs> was no the, way. Was the title. And, and, and I remember opening the paper and seeing it going, oh my gosh, there's my article. I showed it to my dad. And he's like, what the hell is this about? <laughs> oh no. What was it yeah. about? 
It was about, oh, it was about our trip to, um, we had gone the year before, we had all gone on one of those, uh, <laughs> those horrible European tours where you do like six cities in 13 days. So you're everywhere for about an hour and a half. <laughs> and uh, we went and we went to Holland, and I remember being a kid and, and seeing these women sitting in the windows selling their their wares. Oh, you know the prostitutes. Oh, that <laughs> that yeah, we can the say that word. Um, yes. And you know when you're you know when you're sixteen, seventeen, it's like that. <laughs> right. Every everything's arousing, you know. Yes. Um, so I wrote about that, and so my father's horrified that it's, it's under a woman's view, and then my mother's like, "Why did you have to write about that?" <laughs> Makes it sound like the family went to see a prostitute. Yes, know? really. And they and I got vacation. a $25 gift certificate, which of course wasn't good for another 10 years before it was worth $25. Anyway. Wow. Uh, yes. Long. See, he asked me a question. Long story. So always wanted to write and I've written plays and had them produced and I write for other people and blah, blah, blah. But um, until uh, this first book came along in 2018, uh, that was excerpted in the New York Times that put me on the map. So I also think, honestly, I, I didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't really think, I think I was doing a lot of living in that. Sure. And so, you know, I'll, I'll put this out there for people who think like, you know, I, my life's a mess and I do all these things. No, it's experience. Isn't that something It's like, you can't have a business card like that. It just seems like you might be psychotic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So but maybe you are, and there's no yeah, judgment. So you work at Staples for Tuesday and Wednesday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> somebody had to somebody had to <laughs> what was the first book's title uh selling dead people's things oh that is the first book yeah, that is the first book but there's a second book now a vintage confidential it came out about a month ago how are those two books different um well, yeah, they're they're uh they're different in that i would say the the first book um has a paranormal bent to it mm -hmm. so it was kind of my opportunity to tell some stories and uh, true things that happened to me and other dealers that were just inexplicable. So we weren't going saying, hey, I believe in ghosts. I'm just saying, this happened, you take it from there. <laughs> Where the second book is, is actually sexier. There really are, it's not, there's one story that's a little quirky in the paranormal sense. We're not sure what happened there, but um, it's sexier. So I, I, I think I have tried kind of like, I think each book kind of has a theme. Sure. So they're going, hey, this guy can write about antiques and yet, you know, it, they're spooky or he can write about antiques and they're sexy. So that's different. Tell me about these sexy antiques, Dwayne. Well, you want to hear about sexy antiques? Sure. Okay. So um, there's a story in the, in a Vintage Confidential. No, this is, these are true. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Um, <laughs> oftentimes uh, I'm invited to uh, estates and it's either like before when they have to have these all these things sold or after. So I'm not going to estate sales and fighting with lots of old women and old men over, you know, uh, matchbox cars and jewelry. And Santa so, sweaters. I don't do that. Yeah, I don't do no. that. I'm, I don't, I don't, that's not terrible, but I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have my email contact. Me. So, um, <laughs> One of these people who's handling an estate and um, he's helped us before and contacted us and said, um, so um, there's this, uh, it's, a, it's, it's in a high rise. It's in a very fashionable building. It's a, I think it's a Mies van der Rohe building. Um, and we, we go up to this apartment and uh, the door opens and it's a two bedroom apartment and all the walls have been blown out. Okay, there are no walls. There is one pillar I see, but all the walls are gone. 
and you, you can see where the bedrooms were in that there would be like a couple steps and then there was there's there's the round bed there's the round mirror above it oh and the, off to the other side oh yeah oh <laughs> We'll get more Ozadi in a minute. <laughs> the, the other bedroom, again, blown away, a couple stairs, and that was a jacuzzi. So it's this round jacuzzi with the mirror above that. So the entire place is mirrored. It was mirrored in the Lucite. So I called it the, the Lucite love nest. Ooh. And so the whole time I'm going, what the heck? And it looks, it was kind of uh, like an updated Playboy club. So, uh, so it was very modern by today's standards, but it had been sitting there for a long time. And estates are often like that in condos. Somebody inherits it and they're going, they're out of state or I don't know what I want to do with it. And there's money to pay the assessments so we'll deal with that later. Let's be honest, rich people, right? right. These things happen. And then they're kind of like a time capsule. So um, whoever this was, and I always say, you know, you have to be a bit of a detective to figure these things out. Uh, Whoever this was had 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 money and they had taste. And so everything was custom built. So there's a Lucite coffee table, which is very, very cool. This really, and you can tell by the age of Lucite by the thickness of Lucite. It's not modern Lucite. So this is like 80s Lucite. Um, and the guy pulls out a remote control, which is like as big as my phone, one of those remote controls, and pushes a button, and the Lucite coffee table rises to become a dining room table. Oh, <laughs> oh, right now. And then the place is filled with gadgets like that. When I remember when I mentioned the column, this Lucite column, yeah. right? Out comes, out comes the remote control. He pushes it and it opens up to reveal a bar. So oh. it's, it's, yeah. So it's uh, split vertically, just opens up to reveal the most tricked out bar you'd ever want. So it's not a support column. Right. It and sounds it, like an Austin Powers movie. Very much so. <laughs> but to be that that so who is this? Yeah. <laughs> who, who who was this? Now, this is going to give a little bit away. So anybody who's listening to this, you got to buy the book now because I've given I'm giving a, a lot a lot of my stories have um, a bit of an O'Henry ending, which is how I like to tell them. And so that's how you're getting it today in the Reader's Digest version of my O'Henry story. So and then it turned out that no. This was not one person, it was a couple. And so then your mind goes there, right? Then right. no, <laughs> um, it was actually a, a, a straight woman and a gay man, and they were partners in a design firm. And this was their Chicago digs. Oh. And so, and they each had their own residences and their own relationships and blah, blah, blah. But when they were in the city, this was their play place. <laughs> and so- she had her gentleman and he had his gentleman. And let me tell you, the, the door people had their stories. Oh, no doubt. They're the ones right? who know everything. They're always the ones there. So anybody out there going like, I wonder what's going on there. Ask the doorman. Have a $10 tip, bill in your pocket. You know? Always tip the door person. Always tip the doorman. And, they, and they, they can't wait to tell you. So, but they had wonderful taste. And then I, and I bought the bar. I bought the coffee table. I bought the, the, they were really cool Lucite chairs. They didn't do anything. They were just cool Lucite chairs. But the whole place was, was Lucite and mirrors and glass. The oh. bathrooms were just be, beyond belief. So, and it's this 2,000 square foot like spa in the sky. I mean, this is not, you know, your, your grandma Ethel's estate sale. <laughs> <laughs> and did you sell these things? Oh, like, like that. Really? Yeah, yeah you just, 
And these it's things amazing. were Oh, we had the receipts from them. They were very expensive. Everything was custom made. The you know, uh, the bar, the bar was like 8 grand or something. Uh, you know, yeah. in just, 1986. Like, what do I do with all this money? I just don't know where to put it. Maybe <laughs> I should have something made. Custom furniture is a great way to blow some money. Dang. <laughs> but, but, and I didn't get anywhere near the ad. I'm just, obviously, because it's got to go. And I don't know, some whoever bought it, you know, they're just going to gut it. I mean, yes. like, where are the walls? Right. <laughs> what right. do you mean? This, what do you mean? The second bedroom is a pool. <laughs> it's just... There's open concept and then there's two open. <laughs> two, yeah, it's a little, a little, a little too open. But I love that whole notion that they just it was their play place. True. And, yeah. And, uh, and McDonald's I has one. Too. That, so I'm not I'm not giving away everything all right. the dirty, or all the dirty details. But but that's kind of an example of how vintage can be. Sex. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. But what about it being hoarding versus pack rat? How how does one know when when it's too much or when you can't have people over? Ah, think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the line, and I don't mean when there's the camera crew and someone's sister in law, and they're coming in. Oh my. God, I had no idea you were living like this. Yeah, no. I mean, when <laughs> but you I have, just happened to bring a camera crew. <laughs> camera crew. Though I've got a, I think it's a really wonderful story in 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 the book. Um, and uh, well, of course, I'm going to say that. Um, All uh, these stories suck, but this one but this is really one, good. <laughs> well, because it so intrigued me. Because again, it's after the fact, so I'm trying to figure out how did this happen. Um, Oh, there is an alien autopsy, but we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> uh, Why are we so, leaving that? <laughs> so there's a <laughs> another interview. So there's a, there's a story called A Someday Dream. A Someday Dream. And what I realized was it was it was a couple that had, that was their intention to open up a, a, a resale store in a rather depressed area of town. And which was a great idea, just 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 a great idea, kind of buy and sell. But uh, the woman who was doing the buying just liked doing the buying, and and so it was a store that never opened. It wow. never opened, and it's just and I mean, by the time I'm getting there, it's just guys with shovels, and it's it's that kind of a hoarder, you know, like a house hoarder. But it's not; it's a store. It was a store, but even to walk in there, you couldn't tell that it was had once. Well, it was never a store. It never opened, which again is kind of the, uh, let's just say the, let's be adult here, kind of the money shot in that I'm telling you this, right? But there's just so many more details to that because what is that about? I mean, I think that responds to your question. Like, when do you know you've gone too far when you spend 20 years getting ready to open up a store and don't open it? Oh, man. And I go, that's a story. Yes. And I always say too, you know, when I'm doing these things, you know, I can go to a hundred sales or whatever, and one jumps out or sure. two, and then one's kind of half a story, you know, and, and they're going, oh, that's so great, but there's just not enough there, you know, so there, it needs to be a, I need to understand the whole thing. And there's uh, that, there was just in the digging, you keep finding more and more stuff, which should be, oh, that kind of explains what I found on the first floor. And yeah, you're kind of an archaeologist and a sociologist and a and a father confessor. <laughs> um, I've got friends who do the the rummage sale stuff, the marketplace stuff, and flip things on eBay. Sometimes mm-hmm. I 
see the, you know, uh, some gal walks into Goodwill and picks up a plate for four bucks and sells it for 35. And I'm like, that just doesn't appeal to me because they're only showing you the winning pieces or the right. great stories. Meanwhile, your garage is piling up with crap right. and that would just, that right. would just make me rashy. And also, you know, not being funny, but that's not a great story. You know, it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's right. You know, and again, I don't, I mean, I certainly started out thrifting, nothing wrong with thrifting, mm-hmm. all kinds of things out there, uh, Facebook groups and, oh my God, you know, thrifting. Yeah. Look, look what I found. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Um, I mean, really, in a way, I'm kind of glamorizing, really glamorizing hoarding, you know, and that. But I always say there's, but there's, there's hoarding, and then there's upscale hoarding, you know. And if you think about it, like the Lucite Love Nest is sort of an upscale hoarding, because you've got all the money to do what you want, and then you do it. And there's a commonality in that and the story, a someday dream, because that's where people have money to go. And I'm going to open up this business. So I'm going to put money into this business and I'm going to buy it, this inventory, but, uh, but it's never fulfilled. So, and there was, there were some nice things there, but time just kind of destroyed them. Just everything just, not everything, but a lot of things just fell apart, um, including their lives, you know, really. So um, money is the commonality there. But again, in both these books, like I always say, in selling dead people's things, it's not a how-to. I'm, it's not. There's, you know, 98% of the books that are out there on antiques and collectibles are identifying what something is and what it's worth. That's not what I write about. I write about people and things and objects and true stories and how how odd life is and how important these objects are in their lives. And when I even see the things behind you, I can go. Well, it's Lisa with an L, as if it would be something else. <laughs> those, you know, those items were selected by you or given to you, or you inherited them, or you bought them. It it reflects you. And so, which I think is very different than, you know, every, the, those who decorate their home from IKEA. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then, you know, suddenly we're all living with Mary Tyler Moore, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. All the places look the same. <laughs> So what items would I find that reflect you if I were to snoop through your living room or if something? You were able, if you're able to get through the, the mob of cats that attacked you at the door. <laughs> How many is in a mob? I, well, I, was, I think four is a mob. I decided four? That four, when Three is feed, a gaggle? Yeah, four, four, yeah the fourth one's going to bite you. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I sell, um, I own the Broadway Antique Market in Chicago. Um and uh which is a multi-dealer like the oldest and largest antique store in town and i don't know how that happened other than i just stuck around long enough but i sell mid-century and it's very much a department store so like to sell somebody a button or a dining room set right um but i don't collect mid-century because i look at it all day who wants to look at that stuff anymore yeah it's um, so I, I like Art Deco. I like, uh, I obviously, I'm, listen, I'm talking to you. I like oddities. I like unusual things. I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking at a, uh, a poster from the Lusitania and a sheet music from the Titanic. And there's some parasitic twins and there's some, some a family that exhibited at Barnum's Museum in the Bowery in the 1880s. And, uh, there's an Art Deco lamp here. Uh, I've got a, fortune telling machine in the corner. Uh, and this is real bar cloth. It's not fake. 
<laughs> oh, it's so, not a it's, it's not the fabric. green screen. It's, you have no, a no, real, no. That's yeah. a real wall. It's nice. real. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a uh, um, drapery. Yes, drapery. drapery. So uh, you want that texture? You want that? You know, I want to be real here. So, um, so the song I mean, that's on your wall from the Titanic is that the popular number called "Make Sure You Eat Dessert First? <laughs> no, no, that was. <laughs> it, I think it was more ice. Ellis was the uh, oh yeah, no. uh, the wreck of the Titanic. Uh, a descriptive march. Huh. Yeah. Uh, that was before the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. Quite, quite a bit. Just just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Uh, and obviously, I, I love books and photography, and so Smalls. I was just sorting through some things. I'm I'm. Uh, working on it um so and, and as of late with with the books i've been kind of sharing my collections with people too um and it's just exciting to have people talk about and people collect the you know the oh my gosh the strangest stuff so so if uh, we come to your market in chicago it's yeah. it's not just hey i might want to buy a chair or something i'm am i actually going to get stories out of you if i'm there <laughs> You're not there um, every day. You got a whole. Not, no, they're, they're there every day. You send um, the cats. I, had, I certainly had people come in and ask, like after reading one of the books, like very specific questions. Yeah. You know, where was that building where blah, blah, blah happened? You know, and those I will answer. Um, so um, for the most part. But then I always go back with what was your favorite story? Mm. And, you know, and, and that's that's to me, that's always fun, too. And um uh, both books I've written about, I try to have a, at least a chapter about um, someone that I was friends with who was in the business. Uh, in the first book, there was a store called um, uh, Jacob Marley, and he was a basic, well, one of the things he sold were, were oddities, but he was doing this in the 70s and the 80s. So that's like pretty early, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then Spratling Jewelry and just fabulous, like a lot of religious artifacts, and just uh, he had, but he would had been a, a florist, so the whole place was just branches. <laughs> it was just so artistic; I can't even describe it. So uh, I was just so impressed with with him and him as a as a person. And um, uh, in the um, second book, I have a chapter about Raymond Hud, which people might want to Google him. And he was called people called him the Mad the mad uh, a hatter of Chicago, but museums have done exhibits of his hats. Um, so uh, he was born on a farm in rural Illinois. And it, and as a, as a boy, he would make hats for the donkeys. I, I just love this because it's such a gay story. So, and he's got his, <laughs> and he's got his, his brothers are out in the work in the fields and his mother has taught him how to sew. And so, and then he went to the art Institute and at <gasps> 23, opens off, off, off uh, the Mag Mile, his own store, like at 23. Oh and he was maybe 15, 20 years older than I was. And we were friends and I would help him find things for his hats because he would make these, these, he called them news hats, very Warhol. But again, just like ahead of his time, he did a, he did, did a hat about the, uh, the Iran-Contra hearings. He did a hat on the Tylenol killings, <laughs> right? But, but, uh, uh, Phyllis Diller, when she passed, had owned 500 of his hats. Stop so, it. So celebrities loved his hats. And Stop. so I've got a chapter about that, about the And he started by making the, the hats, hats for, for his for donkeys. His, 
So he really started with ass hats. (laughs) Yes. Very good. You should win something. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to win. My my gratitude for inviting me tonight. That's yay, yay. Yes, but uh, Raymond Hood, just a fan. So every book I try to have about someone that I knew and I. I really respect it. Let's put it that way. Somebody, somewhat, you know, somewhat older. But with him, I got to help find objects for the hats, which was just so a great fun. Yeah. yeah, and it would be one of those hobbies where it's great to get people's input until you don't need their input. <laughs> and yeah, like, that's, right. that's enough. Then, then you can go. Yes, yes, yes. yes. off you go. Yes. Well, USA Today says that Dwayne Cerny can provide you with the worst possible news in the best possible way. That's yeah. a hell of a sentence. I like it. Isn't it? Yeah. It's it's going to be hard to get it on the tombstone. <laughs> that, you know, just get the extra wide, the double wide. The print gets really small. You know. You get the double wide lucite. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know this is this 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 is a, a, a you know they say this this is a business with the you know, the three D's. You know, it's uh, death, uh, downsizing, and divorce. You know, but I also say it's also there's a fourth D, which is disappointment, and so. You know, not everything's worth a million dollars, but still things have value. And uh, so I guess I've been known to, uh, I'm, I'm kind, I guess. <laughs> let's, let's just go with that. I try to be gentle and kind and let them down easy. And like, no, this is, uh, uh, <clears throat> that's not Amelia Earhart. You know, it's, no, I know right? you, were, <laughs> you were hoping it was, but I recognize that that femur, it's not her. You know. That is a dog, ma'am. But thanks yeah. for swinging in. May <laughs> interest pretty- you in a lucite bar right here. <laughs> That's that is you, you must just. I mean, dealing with retail anyway well, is oh, well. Thank you. Oy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, and now everything everything's photographed. Everyone's got to come in and and take a picture of you know they try in a ring. They have to take a picture of their hand with the ring and then send it to ten people. And what do you think? And I'm just standing there getting older and older. And, yeah. So oh, uh, right. everything is just the moment. It's very, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always say this is what I do in retail. It's fashion. Everything is fashion. So it just comes, it really comes down to that. And like I said, we sell everything. So, um, well, we're not too far apart. So if I get into Chi town, I'm going to reach out to you oh, before yeah, I head yeah, that way. Thursdays through Sundays. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, tell me if you've ever, and I'm sure you have had a, dare or a prank one that you've done or had done to ya well i'd really given this some thought in the mid 90s um my sister became very sick she was hospitalized downtown and i put my mother into a really nice hotel which was near near the um, the hospital it was a terribly stressful time and i had the store and i would run it back and forth between the hospital and we've all been in that situation when you've got a sibling or a parent you know, that's ill. So my point is, I am fried. <laughs> I just want to start there. I am fried. So in one of these commutes, I get a call from, and it was uh, from my friend, Jamie. And Jamie had said, um, you have to come over. Right now, right now, you have to come over. And I said, Jamie, I can't. I've been up for, you know, 18 hours. I just need to get some sleep. No, 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 no. And he didn't live that far from me. He lives a couple blocks down the street. And he just insisted. I went, all right, I'll just come over. And he goes, it's just drink. It's just for a drink. He said, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. So I go over to Jamie's building. That's one of these big old 20s buildings where you get buzzed up to the apartment, right? With a doorman? With the doorman. With the doorman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, with the doorman. They know everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and the door opens. 
And <laughs> the gentleman standing there, which is not Jamie, puts out his hand and says, hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. What? <laughs> you know what I said? The I said, sure you are. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of what else to say. <laughs> I wasn't even sure I was at the right apartment at that right, point. Right? right. You know, and he's like, happy to see me. And he's just like, you know, eight is enough. Nine is too many. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Uh-uh. And, uh, and I'm trying to go. I mean, I going like Dick Van Patten. He was in a Mel Brooks movie. I mean, I'm just it's all like flashing. Oh my and again, gosh. I'm exhausted. So, right. you know, things don't process the same. So and so he anyway. And then Jamie's behind him going, hey, look at this. What did you do to me? I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. And there was a woman. There was a woman sitting on the sofa and she just nodded to me. And I just kind of looked at her. But I'm looking at Dick Van Patten. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what this is going on. And uh Jamie hands me a hands me a glass of wine and I sit down and he goes like how's your day and I'm trying not to get into you don't want to hear about you know the hospital and all this stuff the real life stuff and then so and I start talking to this woman who's sitting next to me I realize it's Joyce Van Patten it's his sister who by the way is still alive Oh. Right. And then it all kind of, this is how it all comes to my, my mind then, going like, wait a minute. So <laughs> many cocktails ago, I had one, and Jamie would come into my store and blah, 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 blah. And we started talking once, like, when you were a kid, who do you have a crush on? You know, it was, it was always like Gilligan's Island, you know, that kind of thing. Ginger and Marianne. Was, yeah. And, right, right. And I said, honestly, <laughs> it was Joyce Van Patten. When I was a kid, I had to be, and I mean, it was a conversation I completely forgot about. When am I ever going to run into Joyce Van Pat? Let's be honest. She had this kind of low, kind of lower, sexy voice, and she was a really good actress, and she was on everything, for God's sakes. Yes. You know, if you look up her uh, her wiki page, she just did everything. And again, God bless her, she's still alive. Anyway, I just, I just stopped talking. <laughs> I'm like, it's Joyce Van Pat. <laughs> I'm doing right telling you this. So, oh that was a that was a prank uh pulled on me and you know what it was lovely because he knew i was going through a really rough time yes thought, i'm gonna and it, why when you're gonna say why would he know these people well jamie was a, a a dresser a costume person um for all these theaters so it'd be like a dinner theater out at the marriott or whatever and i so dick van patten was in some play and his sister came in to see him Unreal. And, and they were, he, he'd been doing this for years. So he knew all these stars and they would come over to his house and all this. But, but that's why he did that. That is so that. perfect. It's so perfect. So, I mean, it's a, it was a prank because, uh, yeah. You know, and I don't know anybody. And then it turned out that Dick Van Patten, which I did not know, uh, uh, collected sideshow memorabilia. So, <gasps> what? Right. And Jamie knew that too. So, so we, of course, chatted about that while I'm just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at his sister no. you know, anymore. And I'm going to go, you know, when I was eight years old, I had a crush on you. You know, like, <laughs> you need to hear that from another old gay guy, you know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> if I can't have you, I'll just switch teams. <laughs> um, what a great prank story. Right. So I've never told that story. And thank you for giving me the platform. There's your next book, I suppose. Well, well, we're gonna have to, you know. <laughs> you said she's up. still alive, so yes, yes. I'd why not interview her? Yeah, I'd tell st- her. I still wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> you know, when you meet somebody that you've always wanted to meet, you just go, oh, you just become an idiot. I don't know because the one and only one that I'm still trying to meet is Carol Burnett. So, oh, 
if you have if you could see if jamie has any connections for me yeah that's uh, yeah that's, i would definitely that, be grateful that, that's a that's a tough one well tell people how they can find your books where are we going to order these from okay well of course they're available on amazon um, so that's uh, Selling Dead People's Things or Vintage Confidential. Oh, and Selling Dead People's Things just came out as an audiobook. So if you want to hear more of this disturbed voice, uh, check that out. That's kind of fun. Um, so Amazon and, of course, your independent booksellers support small business. Um, uh, there's websites for both of them. So SellingDeadPeople'sThings.com, VintageConfidential.com. I'm all over Facebook, Dwayne Scott Cerny, uh, TikTok um instagram which is fun and again i've been posting things every day of my collections and other people's collections and it and it runs the gamut so i love showing people really odd unusual things well this has been really fun and i'm honored to have chatted with you Dwayne cerny and remember that we can only be strangers once and i hope that you will stay weird just for you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you this has been stranger connections with Lisa David Olson. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.